Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. It's the Make My Damn Movie Podcast, where we discuss the film and entertainment industry, focusing on screenwriting and the challenges of getting a movie produced as we spotlight seven original screenplays. I'm Mark Reynolds. And I'm Tom Swain. And here we are. I, I want to play my song so bad. We, we, we already did a, uh, an intro. Yeah. And we re-recorded it. So yeah, we've already been down the path. No bueno. But I wanted to play the the song. Okay. But you didn't seem too thrilled with it. The intro. How I did it. Thrilled? You gotta be no. thrilled. Everybody's gotta be thrilled or it shouldn't go on. Entertained. Yes. Were you born an asshole? <laughs> or did you work at it your whole life? Cause you're certainly being an asshole tonight. See, that's the part uh, I like at the good, end. Good production on that. On that little uh, button. Yes. Little button. It's the exact same as the fart machine. Yeah. See, it's the same company. And it's I was the same dude making those. Yeah. And you know what? I'm thinking that we should do one. I'm A not button? kidding. Yeah. Because we could get these made in China for like 10 cents. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And say whatever. It could be the uh-huh. make my damn movie button or yeah. whatever. It could be the robot alien and <laughs> they could be well, no, they could be on it. Yeah. You see? So there's a money maker. I think people mm. because we're getting more and more listeners for whatever fucking reason. But I think they would probably go for it. You know, Chotsky's. Maybe. You know, what do you mean? You, don't, you are not, little, you got to be behind it, man. We got to put our logo on top. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. This one, yeah. Good, that logo says asshole. Yeah. And the <laughs> fart machine has a dude with uh, smoke coming out his ass. He's bending well, over. Mm-hmm. And that's what's coming out, I guess. That's all you need to know. But yeah, no, but we could, on we could say whatever, you know. Good. I could do my classic, you screenwriters out there suck. Yeah. Put that on there. Do that. So they could, every time they push it, you screenwriters suck. <laughs> inspiration no, for them. I got it. You suck at screenwriting. Oh, there you go. And yeah, an inspirational button. <laughs> I'll show that fucking button. A thing or two, <laughs> and I'll write a shitty script. Boss of that button. So, yeah, and we could have the robot. All the characters on this show. Yeah. The fuck box. <laughs> Everything. Foul mouth, hello. Right? My ex is a pompous, sleazy fuckmate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the makers of those products want us putting their button push devices on our button. Listen to device. me. Fuck them. <laughs> and also, Stephen Hawking, I don't know, his his family might not be appreciative of, of the button either. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I can't think of any, uh, yeah, I, uh, I can't think of anything that I would have him say. Because if it's not offensive, it's not funny. You know. That's true. I don't That's want, really you know, true. you push the button, right? Hello, I'm Stephen Hawking. How are you this fine day? 
<laughs> I couldn't help myself. That, that, that. See, the other wasn't working. Do you? Okay. Let's back it's up here. Roll of a light. Wait, you were not enjoying or laughing or getting a kick out of the beginning. That's but true. then when the toilet humor, yeah, yeah. see, All right. so, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like, Hello, I am a robot. It is nice to see you. It's <laughs> definitely not something you would say. You fucking piece of shit. I'll kill you. <laughs> see that? Now that is something I'd push a button for, right? <laughs> you can't just see, but your original, this is again, backing up. Your original was, oh, yes. We could just have them say niceties. No, that doesn't work. Hello, I am the alien. I hope you're having a wonderful afternoon. You stupid motherfucking piece of shit. I will kill you. <laughs> See, now that's entertainment. You know what? We really should do that, but leave Stephen Hawking no, out of it. convinced me. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do this button now. <laughs> yeah, see, 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 that, that's the, it. The All end. Right. All right, money makers, go to the website, make my damn movie, drop us a line. Shit, now we need to get a pre- Patreon going. <laughs> you always said, "Oh, we, we're no, not going to." We do that. we do not need now, a Patreon. Now we need one because if we're going to make these cheap plastic things, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm telling you. Like two cents. I got a guy. We need. Oh, you have a. No, I got a guy. I got a guy for everything. Okay, I got a guy. All right. If he's not dead, (laughs) but I do have a guy. He might be dead, (laughs) but um, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Mm. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy that you would think probably would be dead. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to check. But I got a guy. If he's not dead, die. But he's not dead. No, if he's not dead, the verge. If he's not dead, it'll it well, it'll be good for him. Mm -hmm. But it would be good for us too. (laughs) Forget him. Now, if I didn't need to get this made, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. care if he's dead. (laughs) Quite frankly, (laughs) but you know, I'm I'm going to check in. I'm not kidding. Yeah, check in on this. Is gold. Good, See, we just idea. did what's called a focus group. You were the That's focus it. group. Me. And you were enjoying the latter part of the robot uh-huh. and the alien and Stephen Hawking, which we would have to not do. We couldn't do Stephen Hawking on the button. Mm. Yeah, because we'd have we to get did. his permission. And yeah, hey, Stephen Hawking, well, he's dead, can so. I get your permission? What? He is? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> We'd have to get Uh-oh. permission from his estate, but I don't think they would care. Yeah, okay, so uh, uh, Stephen Hawking's estate, we want to have him say, go fuck yourself and I'll kill your family. <laughs> yeah, they're going to say yes on that. They're going to go right along with us. Yeah. Okay. Hey, today we're going to uh, have a guy I, I knew uh, a few years ago, I still know him, but uh, he kind of popped up again. Mm-hmm. And his name is Eric Lee Huffman. He's an actor, producer, director, writer. He does all kinds of things. And we're going to talk to him about living in Los Angeles, which Mm -hmm. he does. And if it is indeed true that you have to be in L.A. to be able to get a screenplay looked at. Yeah. So this will be interesting because he's going to have to justify being out there. So he'll say yes. 
Yeah. We'll call them on that. That's true. <laughs> you know. Yes, you have to be in Burbank. Yeah. You know. Listen, I'm in the gutter, so I'll tell this guy whatever we need to tell him. <laughs> no, he's going to regret coming on. We'll but see. That's coming up in just a bit, so stand by for that. Um, and it'll be interesting because a lot of people have been saying, um, and we've got some emails and some messages, hey, mm-hmm. you know, what about all this having to live out in Los Angeles? Because I can't do that. Right. Right? I mean, not everybody can do that. Man, yeah. if I have to work this board and <laughs> shit all over myself. Hey, the price man. Oh, let's see if I can sync this okay. up here. Okay, hold on. This will be good if it works, and probably won't. Asshole warning. Oh, didn't work. <laughs> Stupid thing. Yeah. Okay, it's so next uh, time. let's get to the uh, movie quotes game, so we can get uh, Eric on here. It'll right. be interesting. Especially if I start going off on them. Yeah, that would be, be really oh, yeah, Fireworks. It's on what? July 4th, mm-hmm. time of the year. It's past. All right, so this is the movie quotes game. I ask you a movie quote, and you... Fail. You do fail. You didn't get oh any Oh, my God, last the last time, time was, was bad. horrible. Was brutal. What the hell? Brutal, but you try to right. tell me what movie it's from. So let's uh, try to rectify that, okay? And I think you can. And do you want me to tell you the surprise we have? Sure. For you. For me? Yeah, it's for you. Okay. I got some snot. Ooh. Ah. I'm not sick, but. Gross. Was that gross? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Another thing on the button. What the hell? Wait, I'm going to have a sip of coffee here. There you go. Cold shit. Okay. Mm. So, I don't know if I want to tell you the surprise. Well, you already said you would. I'm not. Okay. Uh, Here's the first man. one. First out of five. Okay. Here we go. The doctors say he has a 50-50 chance of surviving, but there's only a 10% chance of that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Airplane. Close. Ooh. Naked gun. Ah, Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Oh. Damn it. Love him. I know. Now he's passed away. Yes, unfortunately. So he can't be on our button either. Okay, the next one. Well, that's my spiel, as the Jews say. There's something about Mary? Damn it! Again, you're in the ballpark. I know this movie. Bad teacher. Fuck. Oh, Elizabeth Halsey. Cameron Diaz. Diaz It was in something about Mary, but Uh no cigar. 0 for 2. Here we go again. Next one. I got a belly full of white crap in me, and now you lay (laughs) this shit on me? Please tell me you have this. Uh oh man. Is it the boss movie? The um shit. How can you not get stepbrothers? Ah Brennan Huff. That's right. They <laughs> ate white dog crap. They made him lick white shit. dog poop. Oh man. This is not good. Over three. Oh. Okay. 
I can tell you up front, you're going to be 0 for 4. Great. I was a better man with you as a woman than I ever was with a woman as a man. (laughs) You should get this, but... Tootsie? (laughs) Yes! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, wait. What the hell? No. No! No! I don't get that. Not yet. This is why I shouldn't be working the mother (laughs) effing... That's what I wanted. Because you deserved that. Uh, yeah. Dustin Still, Hoffman. You weren't very confident about it, but you got it. So that's good. Last one. Okay. So at least you're not striking out all the way. Yeah. <sighs> You'll never get that. Well, I said that last. Yeah, okay. you said that. With the shape I'm in, you could donate my body to science fiction. <laughs> I know this quote, damn it. Which means you don't know it. Back to school. Rodney Dangerfield, Thornton Mellon. Oh, no. You tried. Yeah. All right, my friends. We are going to uh, bring on a guy I used to work with, or worked for me. What am I saying? Yeah, what are you? Oh, I was the boss. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to bring on Eric Lee Huffman. All right, it is the one and only Eric Lee Huffman. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hi, I'm doing. I like how your voice went deep right there. Yeah, Very well, you know. <laughs> now, um, let me give you a little background on Eric yeah. and me. Okay, Eric and I work together in Louisiana in another time, another place. Thank God. But he was a <laughs> he was a morning show guy. Yeah. One of two, you know, a morning show partnership, right? And the one thing that I always knew as being a program director and an operations manager and a boss of these kinds of people, because I did morning shows, is they never fucking listen. They all know what's right. And they're never going. But but Eric Uh was different because he wanted like, feed me. What What do you got? And he would go out and do stuff. All the time. Huh. So that was very rare and still probably is. Uh-huh. But you remember that? I do. And, you know, I really wish that you had told me all that back then. <laughs> because now, because that's really touching that you really like, you know. Oh, God. Really? You know, well, I, I did I, what I did. I did what I did because of the passion for doing it because I wanted, because it was fun. Yeah. And when you said, when you gave me direction, I was like, that makes total sense. I'm going to do that thing. And so it did, it did work out pretty well. You know, he would, he, he would, he, Eric would come into my office and say, okay, what do we got? What do we got? What can I do? And we came up with this thing. It was great. And I wonder, I'm hoping you remember this, but it was the craziest, stupidest thing that worked wonderfully. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? The dollar store thing? Oh, like crazy. Remotes? Oh my God. Was I that- gotcha. He uh, would go. Was, he would go out and put a hidden microphone like, on. How much does this cost? Yeah. How much does this cost? <laughs> and right, we, right, right. And we came up with this ridiculous thing. Like, hey, I'll go do this while the guy's back at the radio station in the control room. You know, and and by the way, we probably shouldn't have been doing no. that. 
<laughs> doesn't sound right. Yeah, no. we're, we're recording somebody without their knowledge, but you know, yeah, statute of limitations yeah. long gone, and plus it was Louisiana, so anything went. <laughs> right, everything's legal there. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he would go in and ask this lady, how much is this? And she was very nice, you know, one dollar. And then the next, how much is this? A dollar. And it would go on and on and on until she's finally, you could tell she's like, listen, dickhead. She never did do that, but she was like polite to an extent. And it was so funny. But like I said, morning guys don't do that kind of thing. They know best. Yeah. And Eric was one of the ones, and that's why he was good because, you know, he took it to that level where he would be open to suggestion. Mm-hmm. Now, back when I knew you, I had no idea that you were going to be writing screenplays and move to LA and act and produce and do all of this stuff. Did I? No, and we and I had no idea you were going to be writing screenplays. Exactly. So either, we never really talked weird. about it. Now huh. I knew I knew you had aspirations to be an actor. So let let's kind of go jump forward here, okay? So I've complimented you, so you're not getting any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not happening. But so what prompted you? You were in the radio business. What prompted you to say, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to LA. Well, it's funny because before I got into radio, oh, this is another, this is going to be a, another quick diversion, but another way that you and I were connected through history that was really strange. I grew up in a place called Monterey, California. Yeah. And, right. And um, straight out of high school, in fact, I was 16 years old. I knew I wanted to be an actor and I started doing theater there um, and um, had aspirations of moving to LA like when I turned 18. Then I got, you know, I let people kind of scare me, like, you know, my family members and other older trusted adults that said, oh, you know, they'll eat you alive down there and whatever. So then I discovered, I discovered radio. I thought radio would be a way that I can kind of do cool, creative stuff. It's kind of like acting and it it, it sort of massages that same part of your brain and your need to be creative. And so I, and, and it's something I could do in my hometown of Monterey. The side note to this is that Mark was at that around that same time, he was a program director in Monterey because you were you were traveling around. All yeah, the place yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I didn't meet you at that time. No, I that's didn't know right. You at that time. I forgot. Yeah, so we did go even further back. I totally forgot about yeah. that. I I we knew were that a lot you of the same people. Yeah, you were uh, you were kind of in there before telling me something about that when we were in Louisiana. So that's where you yeah. had the aspirations of being an actor when you were just a kid, and people said, right. "Screw that, you're dumb." Yeah, I mean, I went to I went down to the the local college, and I was like, "I'm gonna take some acting classes." And the counselor, the guy that you have to sit and talk to as you're signing up for classes, instead of tell, instead of just helping me sign up for my classes, he was like. Oh yeah, don't take acting. Oh, don't don't do theater. <laughs> oh no. And he starts telling me these horror stories of people that he knew that went to LA and did all these auditions and never got anywhere and they ended up on drugs and you know, living in the <laughs> And I'm like, okay, just sign me up for that English class. Business administration, please. Right. Um <laughs> No, but I did stick with it. I stuck with acting. I did a bunch of theater, but did a bunch of plays uh in Monterey and Salinas and the Central Coast and then I did radio for a while and then just kind of forgot about moving to LA. I got married. I had a couple kids and I, I started like shooting like little short films and stuff with just video cameras okay. and the bug just never, never went away. And I started mm-hmm. 
you know, writing scripts horribly like in Word documents. <laughs> hey, oh, that yeah. sounds familiar. <laughs> no idea what three-act structure was or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, then fast forward about a decade, and my marriage kind of fell apart, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm getting divorced. I'm moving to L.A. So you and just did it. Kind of late, late in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I just did it. It's like, like both like, feet. If I don't do it now, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. So, and I was already like 40. Yeah. So, so you're, wow. you're, so you, you, you were 40 years old when you moved to LA. Now here's, here's the, and we'll get into some other things here because there's so much, but, <laughs> um, what, what I always wondered about since I started writing screenplays about five years ago, I guess. So um, I've always wondered, and we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast and they send us notes and emails. Do I have to live in LA to be able to get a script looked at? So what are your thoughts on that? Cause you're out there and you have written scripts. Is it better to be there or do you find that now in this age we live in with computers and yeah. internet and everything that it's not as important? So kind of two answers to that from my experience. One is you can write scripts anywhere, especially nowadays, because you can have, you know, these sort of online connections and you can do a lot of networking online, et cetera. Um, and I have met people who have had their screenplays produced when they were, you know, they were living in North Carolina. They wrote a screenplay. It, somehow they got it noticed and it got produced and then they moved to LA. Uh-huh. Um, but the other answer to it is, there's really no substitute for being here and working in the industry in any way you can. I came here as an actor and just started doing like extra work, you know, background work, um, being on set, being around watching writers in the room sort of while they're filming, rewriting scenes Uh. and learning the the terminology and picking up on like, Oh, that guy's the director of photography. And that guy does this. And that guy does this. That's the guy that makes the coffee. Uh, very important uh but being in the room being in the town uh meeting people who have the same passions and being kind of surrounded by that energy is a great fuel for your own personal creativity and it's a little harder i think you can still live wherever uh, in any town usa and you can still be a great writer but i think it's easier to find the inspiration, the motivation to keep going and to go full bore with it when you're surrounded by it. See that that's interesting that because sense. I am a great writer, but, <laughs> uh, but what the, the interesting thing that you, you, that my takeaway from what you just said is, is that when I do talk to producers about scripts, then I'm really energized. Yeah, I get you. Because, uh, like you said, juices going. You know, they're they're talking the language and they're in that world, and you're right. on the phone with them at that point, and you're like, "Wow, this is like great," mm-hmm. because you're like part of it. So if you're living out there, you're basically part of it all the time. Or really, it's up to you, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's going on around you all the time and there you're meeting people at various levels of success, various, at various, various points in their career. And every interaction, most interactions are valuable to some degree. And what the, the very cool thing that I found out here as well is that 
if you're passionate and you meet other people who are passionate, you might not be where you want to be in your career right now, but you can still get together and find a way to make a project. There's this guy that I've been working with for the last three years and like, I'll get an idea. I'll get an idea for like, just say like a short, a short script that I want to write. And it's something that like, if I was living back in Monterey, that idea might just sit in my head and I might not, not, might not ever actually write it. But as soon as I tell my buddy who is his background is uh, he's been, been a lighting guy on like big, like Marvel movies and stuff like that, but he wants to be a director. Right. Right. So as soon as I tell him about my idea, he says, Oh yeah, man, we can shoot it, write it. Cause you know, he's got some camera gear and stuff like that. Hmm. So and, you're uh, excited. So all the, so now all of a sudden I'm like, well, shit, I've got a week to write this thing because he wants to shoot it. So now there's a fire lit under uh. my ass and I have to get it done. And that's mm. part of that vibrancy of being in LA. And when you start connecting with people, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of slackers and there's a lot of people just like you'll find anywhere, a lot of flakes in LA. Um, a lot of people that you'll meet who will tilt, they'll, you know, they'll say, Oh yeah, we should do this. We should get to get together and do that, this and the other and lip service. Okay. So right, lip service. Yeah, th- yeah, that is, that's what I was thinking that you're going to get a lot of that out there. Cause there's a lot of phoniness and well, fakeness. I grew up in SoCal. So yeah, yeah, you know, right? <laughs> it's, it's kind of the culture. Exactly. So you got to kind of be able to know who's telling you the right way and who's just stringing you along. Uh You find your tribe, man. You find your tribe and the people that you, you, you know, you vibe with and then you just, you create, you just create. And it doesn't matter if you're not successful at the thing you want to do yet. You know, you work in lighting or you do extra work or you do whatever it is to pay the bills, you know, wait tables if it, if that's what it is. But because you're in a place where you're surrounded by creativity, you can still always be making the dream happen if you're here. You know, that's inspiring as shit, and I hate you Damn for it. that. Now we got to move to L.A. Yeah, and I really don't like this. <laughs> this is not a good thing because I don't want to have to go out there. You know, here's the problem with, with a lot of people. They don't have the means to go out there. There's some talented people oh, yeah. that live in, you know, some guy in Bangor, Maine who just can't right. do it. But you know what? He doesn't have that fire that you have because you're around it all the time. So right. what do you tell right. someone like that? I say, just keep writing because it, it all comes from within anyway. I mean, it's sort of like for me, just being around the industry is almost like a magic feather. It's the thing that keeps me every day when I wake up and I go outside, I'm going to run into people who are in the industry. You can't go down to the Starbucks without, without everyone's on their laptop writing. That's, a script. Yeah. And, we tease, me, we joke really about that all the time. That's true. It's totally true, right? Yeah, I know. And you know, I, I, I kind of envy that because again, you're around it all the time. Like when I'm, you know, balls deep into these screenplays <laughs> and writing them. I'm that really into that visual is not working for, right <laughs> yeah. not working for you. Uh, too bad. I'm glad I read to a screenplay virtually and then you didn't send me a hard copy. <laughs> hey, this is our podcast. We'll say what we want. No, anyway, it's, it's very inspiring though, to hear you talk like this, but then again, it's discouraging because I'm not leaving here. You know, I'm not leaving my cushy lifestyle here. I'm just not going to do it. And again, when I do talk to some people in the industry about these, about when you're talking to someone about your work, stuff you penned and you struggled over and you wrote and they're into it. 
That's inspiring as shit. Yeah. You know, but if you're in front of them like you are all the time, that's got to be like a hundred times better. Well, and the other thing that's really been great for me as a writer, and and I'm not coming to you as some guy who has written a bunch of successful screenplays. I mean, I'm just I'm struggling like you are, you know, and and like I'm entering my stuff in the same contest that you can enter, Scriptapalooza, Austin Film Festival, all that great stuff. But one of the things, one of the huge benefits for me too is that I'm also an actor and I have found that like, for example, when I'm learning lines as an actor, like if I'm, if I've got an audition and it's three pages of, of dialogue that I have to learn for the audition, like I try and memorize it all right. Just for the audition, I try and learn it all. If I'm having trouble memorizing the dialogue, it's because it's poorly written. Right. Uh Uh Script. Every line is easy to remember because, well, what else would my character say? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's the only response that I could possibly have to that line. That character says this, then of course I say this. So it's a well-written script. And, and exactly. that sort of knowledge about that understanding of writing that comes from the acting side, like what carried over as a writer has been really helpful. And mm. vice versa, the more I learn about writing... The better actor you are. The better actor, because I understand when I, yeah. I just shot this thing. Uh, I, I did a scene. I was in one scene for a show that just dropped on BET uh, in the beginning of July. And I understood because of studying writing, I understood my character's purpose in the script, not just what's my, you know, what's my motivation and all this actor. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, <laughs> but I understood that I was a plot device, that I, my character was simply there to show to reveal things about the other character who was then going to go on to have a whole bunch of scenes and my character was just in the first scene i was only i was there for a purpose right and i have to as an actor i have to understand that purpose uh, understand that purpose in order to do justice to that role yes and that makes so the sense two things go hand in hand yeah you know so what i'm fine i'm fi- i'm finding that as you talk as you talk about this the excitement's there. See, I don't have that all the time. And I'm sure you don't either. So, you know, you're talking about all the, oh, I'm in front of people. I'm networking. I'm in the industry. I'm in the city that it's all happening in. Yeah. But there's got to be the times where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like now with the lockdown, I mean, nobody's allowed to travel anywhere. And no, it's been how- rough. What yeah, what's going on there? I like how you took it from from happy, energized to like, well, let's bring it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about the sad shit. Yeah, yeah. you got um, to. Because everybody's so dealing with this shit. The act two now of this conversation. Exactly. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it's been difficult, and nobody obviously, just like the rest of the country and the rest of the world, nobody really knew when this thing first started exactly how long it was going to last still really don't and the industry just completely shut its doors and yeah. like i had a script like i was raising money with with my um uh, directing partner and we were casting uh for an actress for this script that i wrote and we were getting ready to shoot like i have a whole like a whole corner of my apartment that's just all the props that i already purchased for it oh shit and we were gonna shoot this thing like the the middle of april initially and then, like, okay, well, we'll push it to, like, mid-June. And then, like, now we don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so that's depressing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's depressing. Of course not. 
I mean, um, you, yeah. you're not going to have it all all the time, but you're still plugging away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and I've, the great thing is that like you can still write. Yeah, that's the thing. You could you can write anywhere at any time, and even though I I I'm like I just started writing another feature, I don't know when I'll be able to do anything with it other than to just write it, rewrite it, keep working on it. Um, and so I try not to get depressed about, about the unknown. And I just try and focus on what, well, I there's can. nothing, it's out of your hands anyway. I mean, you can't do anything about right. that, obviously, but it, of course it's a thorn in the side, you know, it sucks. Oh, yeah. It really does suck. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you're out there, you're doing all that now. Now you, can I mention the script that I've read that you've written or, Okay, UFO Phil. And this was a character you did when he was working oh, yeah. for me in Louisiana on the on the uh, morning show and uh, took it and made a, a screenplay out of it. And you actually have kind of gotten some different hits on that. Now, I found out that you were, you told me, but I saw you on The Gong Show. Tell us about the that. Gong <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, so yeah, I created this character. Wait, actually, initially created the character back uh, in Monterey when I was working at a station called Kadon out there, and uh, as a morning show character, they would just call in and just say it, whatever the the morning show hosts were talking about. This character UFO Phil would call in and just somehow say, "Well, it's all because of the aliens." Um, and then I've just sort of carried that character with me through my radio career, and then obviously did like a bunch of uh, phone phone bits when we were in Louisiana with that and then um, continued the character eventually got on a, a, a late night radio show called coast to coast, which is national. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that show. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So a perfect match because it's all about paranormal stuff. Yeah. Show. So um, UFOs, Bigfoot, etc. So the character kind of blew up and got a bit of a cult following. And then when I moved to Hollywood, I'm like, well, I need to, you know, I'm obviously going to pursue my own uh, uh, acting and writing and stuff uh, separate and apart from this character. But the character already has a little bit of traction. I might as well keep working with it. Sure. And so I, uh, yeah, they were doing auditions for the gong show. Uh, they they brought that back for two seasons with Mike Myers as the host. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, And I'm like, well, they're looking for wacky, weird Oh yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Which the character totally is. So I'm like, I'm going to do a rap song <laughs> yeah. about the alien. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the turntable, and I was doing the scratch, and oh, I yeah. hired two backup dancers dressed as aliens. It's yeah. great. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> and that's the same character as the lead character for the for the feature uh, feature script that I wrote, which um, I did not win script of Palooza, but I did quite well. I got down to the finals of script of Palooza, and then also placed in the semifinals of like a couple other Cinequest was one of them. And there was another one. Yeah. I mean, they're out there. I mean, those are, those are love hate deals because Uh you're like, okay, I'm putting this in and then you see the people that win and you're like, why? And it's a whole thing, you know, and I hate everyone anyway. So it just works for me better to to continue to hate everyone. Um, You know, but you can decide which you can judge which screenplay uh, contests are worthy of entering based on how you do in them. So if you enter your script and script of Palooza says, I want to put you in the final script of Palooza is obviously one of the greatest contests out there. Of course. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, any any one that I do well in is the best at the time. And that's exactly. pretty pretty yes. pretty uh, standard, I think, for everybody. Okay, we're going to wrap this up, but we're going to have you back on here, Eric Lee yeah. Huffman. Is that okay? Will you come back? Why? Why, Why would you? Why would I thought well, I was... <laughs> Why the hell would I do I that? If I, uh, if I just rambled on and on, you'd say, okay, get rid of this guy. Oh, no, 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 no. We want to have you back because this is interesting stuff because you're out there. So we're talking about this. You're living it, man. And the people that listen to this podcast are uh, screenwriters or, well, they try to be. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, you know, it's interesting because we do get so many people that are like wondering if they have to be in Los Angeles. Yeah to be able to do anything. And I, uh, I'm with you. I mean, you can write anywhere, but you got to keep it up. It's easier probably to do it when you're living there, Uh huh. but it's the main goal is to keep on keeping on. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you want to learn to swim, but you don't have a swimming pool, like you can still practice, I guess, you know, use all the muscles, find other ways to use the muscles, but You'd rather be near the swimming pool. Exactly. And right. you're near the swimming pool. You're in the swimming pool. I'm a million of them. <laughs> you bitch. Yeah. Okay. swimming pool right now. All right, Eric. Thank you so much. Right, it's good you, to Eric. talk to you again. And we're going to have you back on. Okay? All right. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. Thank you. May the force be with you. <laughs> and with you. Later, man. All right. There you go. I mean, this guy's out there and, doing it. Interesting. You know, he's out there doing it. I know him. I don't know if there's any way I could use him, <laughs> but I'm going to think of a way to try to well, manipulate. You heard him. He had props and uh, camera stuff. Stuff. And, you know? Yeah. I mean, but he's not a director, right? Did he say he was well, Or he, he has a he director friend. It. That's all that he matters. He knows people. Yeah, that's and that's important. what I... See, I got to piggyback on that. <laughs> you know? And then use my manipulation skills there you go. from there to use everyone and anyone <laughs> until they're dirt and dust. You're going to fit in just fine in Hollywood. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Eric Lee Huffman. Good talking to yeah, him again, you. I tell you. Check out our website, uh, MakeMyDamnMovie.com. Thanks to Peddler's Glory for our opening theme music. And we are out of here. Bye-bye. Later, dude.